friends in Christ. This is Right to Life Sunday. And we want to talk about the right to life. So grace, mercy, and peace be unto each of you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, my friends, guess what? There's a general election coming up just 16 days away. And for this morning, the text is very appropriate. Some would say it is appropriate because it shows a clear distinction between what is Caesar's and what is God's, and this supports the notion held by many, maybe some of you, that the church should not be involved in politics, and I should not even be bringing up this from the pulpit. And to quote Dr. Robert Benny from uh, who wrote an article in the August edition of the Lutheran Witness, maybe you read it, regarding the supposed separation, nothing could be further from the truth. To be sure, our text does make a distinction between government and God. But it is not a distinction in which there are, they are diametrically opposed to one another. It is a distinction in which they are in relationship with one another. Understanding that relationship does not tell us who to vote for. It tells us where to vote from. As people redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, we vote from a heart of faith in him and in his truth. And so... Our theme this morning is render unto Caesar. Render unto Caesar. Now Martin Luther dealt with this distinction by teaching about two kingdoms. The kingdom on the right and the kingdom on the left. The relationship between two, uh, the two begins by understanding that even though together, even though there are two kingdoms, there is only one king. God is in charge of both. God works in and through both. In the kingdom on the right, God rules over his people with his grace as administered by his church on earth. We do not enter this kingdom through some human royal bloodline or birthright. We are from a sinful bloodline our human parents. Thus, from the moment of our conception, we are enemies of God, sinful in need of a Savior. But what a great Savior we have. Our God, our King, took upon himself our human nature from the moment of his conception, a miraculous conception, a holy conception. His holy life he lived in our place, his holy suffering and death on the cross satisfied our king's justice and paid sin's awful wages once and for all. Once and for all, for each single one of you. His holy resurrection guarantees new life for us here and now and the certain hope certain hope of our own resurrection when he returns. 
He's coming soon, I think. He splashes this new life and certain hope upon us in the waters of holy baptism. He gives us his Holy Spirit and faith and makes us members of his kingdom. <coughs> Royal sons and daughters through adoption. We enter the kingdom of God's right by virtue of the royal bloodline of Jesus shed for us for the forgiveness of sins in the kingdom of the right. God rules in our lives. He is at work in our lives through his grace. We live in it. We are surrounded by it. Nothing can touch our lives without passing through the grace of our great king. He brings this to us through the means of grace as administered by his church. We have joyous responsibilities in his kingdom, things to render to him, as our text says. He calls us to render our lives to him and to our neighbor. He calls us to render obedience to his commands, to live as his royal sons and Daughters, he, ca he calls us to be royal subjects in his kingdom as we witness to his love in word and deed. He calls us to influence the culture in which we live <coughs> by being its light and salt. That brings us to the other side of God's kingdom, the kingdom on the left. Now, in the kingdom on the left, God rules over us through authorities he places over us. Parents, employers, teachers, <coughs> and <coughs> the government leaders. The latter is our focus for this morning. God reminds us in Romans chapter 11, or uh, 13, that the governing authorities come from him. He works in and through them to accomplish his will. <clears throat> As we have responsibilities in the right-hand kingdom, so we have responsibilities in the left-hand kingdom. We are to render to Caesar, as our text says. God asks us to honor our public leaders and pray for them. I hope you are praying for our public leaders. We are to obey the laws and regulations the government place over us unless they require us to do something contrary to God's revealed truth. <coughs> we obey God rather than man. We are to participate in our government as we are able, and in, as we've said, bring our Christian influence to, to bear when we do so. This is where the relationship aspect comes in. We do not leave our Christian citizen, citizenship papers behind in the kingdom of the right when we participate in political activities in the kingdom on the left. Remember, we have dual citizenship. We live in both at the same time, the kingdom on the right, the kingdom on the left, both. Our Christian citizenship dictates how we relate to others in the political arena, things like Love your neighbor and speak the truth in love and have this mind 
among yourselves that is yours in Christ Jesus, and you will be my witnesses. Still apply in the kingdom on the left. After all, our ultimate goal goes beyond trying to change the culture. We desire that God would change hearts and minds to know him. But this verse also applies, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The devil's at work. God calls us not just to joyfully and boldly stand up and proclaim God's truth, but also to stand against those things that the devil uh, uses to oppose it. We can do both by being a voice in the public square and influencing people and laws and policies that protect God's truth. Even though Pharisees and Herodians in our text were trying to entangle Jesus in his words, they do say good things about him. We know that you are true and you teach the way of God truthfully and you do not care about anyone's opinion. That's what they said. It is from the perspective of God's truth and his opinion that we engage in the public square. The August Lutheran witness devoted much of its space to the responsibility of Christians being a voice in the public square. <coughs> One of the authors wrote in that Lutheran witness, your identity in Christ trumps your identity as an American and even as an individual with opinions. Every time, no exceptions, God's truth and his opinion override all else. That is why it is important not to lump all the issues out there under the category of political issues. Some of the things we deal with in the public square are God's truth issues that have been uh, politicalized. That's a tough word to say. True. Some issues are worth definitely talking about. They're purely political. Sometimes I wonder, eh, why get into an argument? Christians can have varying opinions on these. We can disagree on things like taxes and health care and immigration. Pastors in, in pulpits have no business sharing their opinions on such issues. But when it comes to God, God's truth issues proclaimed in the Bible, the sanctity of life and marriage and human sexuality, only God's opinion counts. Pastors and pulpits are compelled to speak God's truth on these issues, especially as they are being trampled on and maligned by certain things going on in our culture. Pastors are compelled to remind us not who to vote for, but where to vote from. Our Christian responsibility to proclaim and defend God's truth. Let me give you some examples. Think about this. We can disagree on the best way to care for the poor. But should someone suggest we deal with poverty by killing poor people, we would be compelled to boldly disagree based on God's truth about the sanctity of life. <coughs> we can disagree on the best way to deal with a crisis pregnancy situation and debate the pros and cons of parenting versus adoption. 
But should someone suggest, as our society as a whole has done for nearly 50 years, that we deal with a crisis pregnancy by killing the unborn baby, we would be compelled to boldly disagree and proclaim God's wonderful truth about the sanctity of life from the moment of fertilization. We can disagree in the best way to deal with suffering associated with chronic or terminal diseases or the effects of aging. We can discuss the options of home care, nursing homes, uh, and the care they offer, and hospice care, and so forth. But should someone suggest we deal with human suffering by killing the sufferer, which is now legal in nine states and the District of Columbia through physician-assisted suicide, we would be compelled to boldly proclaim God's comforting truth about his ability to work in and through suffering to accomplish his will and purpose. How do we as baptized citizens of the kingdom of the right go about engaging your, our fellow citizens and government in the kingdom on the left? Think about these things. Have the mind of Christ. Paul wrote in Philippians 2, 5. We engage from a humble perspective, acknowledging our imperfections and speaking the truth with gentleness and love. Remember, the bottom line is not changing our culture. It is changing hearts. Honor those God has placed in authority over us, especially those with whom we disagree. Pray for our leaders and every level of government, federal, state, local. Pray for our country and that God as Lord of the nations will be at work according to his will. Educate yourself and discern the difference between political issues and God's truth issues. And indeed, lead others to such discernment. Pray for the upcoming election of the candidates who will uphold God's truth. Vote for candidates who will uphold God's truth. That's pretty important, I think. And so, where does this place us? Render unto Caesar. Honor. Obey. Pray for. And respect the government God has placed over us. Render unto God. Love him and your neighbor. Avail yourself to his word and sacraments. Obey his commands to live as his royal sons and daughters. Bear witness to his love in word and deed. Engage the culture in which we live by being its light and salt to change it for good. And more importantly, so others might know the love of Jesus, his gift of forgiveness and eternal life. Oh, his forgiveness and eternal life is so good. To the Lord of the church and the Lord of the nations, be all glory, honor, and respect. For he rules now and always. Amen? Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds focused on him. 
who is the Lord of all. Amen.